Welcome to the Uncommonly Made Podcast, where we bring people together to create connections and build relationships. Good morning. Today I am talking with Chelsea. She's a dear friend of mine who I met here in North Carolina, and our common denominators were too similar to ignore. We met through our children who are currently in fourth grade and we both lived in Florida with a history of living in the Northeast region of the United States and both found ourselves in this small town in North Carolina together. And some of those congruencies were so fun that we started talking about all of our similarities and how our path led us to where we are today. So Chelsea's been a blessing to me during this pandemic. We've been able to connect really well through being outdoors together, getting away from our internal house walls and being outside in nature and talking a lot and connecting a lot. And we are aligned with our belief systems in a lot of ways. But Chelsea has revealed in me a lot of things that I might have buried out of fear and I bring her on today to talk about her journey and how she helps other women come out of overwhelm and into living a life of their dreams by mindset shifts and developing personal belief systems and routines to connect back to the body and soul. So Chelsea, welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks for sitting with me in my cold basement (laughs) as we record this together. Thanks for having me. It was no accident that we met. We're definitely, our souls definitely called into one another. So I'm so happy to be in this space with you and that our souls finally connected. Well, I would like for you to um, share a little bit more about your journey and what got you to this place of empowering other women so well through the different modalities that you share with the world. And we can get into those in a little bit. But Would you mind taking us on a little bit of a walk down memory lane and how Chelsea got to be here today? How much time do we have? (laughs) That's such a good question. We can take all the time you need. Well, back when I was born, um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I I would say it probably started right after I graduated college. Um, My mom passed away about six months later, and I was just feeling very lost in my path, in my direction. Everything that I had thought was my vision for my life just seemed to have turned upside down. So I started dabbling in a lot of books and, you know, spirituality things and just trying to understand more about death and loss and grieving. Um, And I actually just picked up and moved to Florida with my now husband, Jay. And um, then we lived there for over a decade and we had three kids there. And fast forward, I was a middle school teacher. I had over 150 students that I was responsible for every day. Not to mention I had three kids at home. I had just hit a wall basically of burnout. I just knew that I wasn't experiencing life the way that it was meant to be experienced. I was all alone. I had no family. Um, Within a thousand miles, I was far away from where I grew up and everyone I knew. And it was just me and Jay and our three kids. And I had hit a point where I knew something had to change. Like I was just like a shell of a person. I knew that I was responsible for turning the ship. I wanted to show up as the mom that I wanted to be. I wanted to show up as the wife that I knew that I could be, and I just wanted to live a really good life, and I knew that I was ultimately responsible to find a way to make that happen. 
So that's kind of where my journey began, I would say. Yeah. So it sounds like the major shift for you, obviously, took place when you lost your mom and how challenging and hard that must have been for you during that season of your life. And at the same time, propelled you forward into seeking out your own sense of self and sense of empowerment and spirituality and what that might look like. I can see where that might cause a big identity shift where you don't know who you are and you have to then figure it out and then go on the journey of adulthood and parenthood and marriage life without a mom to be an example is probably extraordinarily hard. Navigating that season of life, it would make sense that you hit a wall. Did you ever at a point have a point where you found yourself hiding behind all the different personas that you thought you should be? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was at a teacher, I would put on my teacher hat and at home I would try to put on a mom hat, but, um, at the end of the day, it was just a, what's it called? Fallacy. What's that when it's like a fake facade facade. It was just a facade, um, that I would put on. Like, I'm sure anyone that I worked with would not, would not think that I was at a, the lowest point in my life. Cause I was really good at covering it up. Yeah. Yeah, we get really good at that, I think, as women. Yes. Even to, like, some of my closest friends, you know, I was almost ashamed to admit that I was feeling so defeated. And, you know, I also felt guilty for feeling that way because here I am blessed with these three kids and this job and this amazing opportunity to touch all these young lives. And here I was, I ha you know, haven't felt more miserable almost in my whole life. And it just was like a sense of guilt that I along with it and was that primarily do you think because you were stretched too thin and responsible for so many people but yet not learning yet how to fill your own cup and didn't quite yet know what it meant to take some time and love on yourself where, where do you think your tipping point was with the overwhelm and the burnout uh, that's a good question I think that well, obviously becoming a mom of three within like five years is a lot to kind of take on for anyone, no matter what season they're in in their life. Um, but I think that it all came down to really, uh, yeah, not knowing how to pour into me, not understanding like who I really was. And I think I was setting up a lot of blocks and barriers and that was way before I knew a lot more about like subconscious beliefs and limiting beliefs and past trauma. And I guess we'll dive into all of that. But yeah, it was a lot of things, a lot of responsibility for anyone. My plate was so full. I think everyone could understand that. And not knowing how to navigate self-care properly for myself yeah. and setting boundaries with people and things was also into play there. Yeah, you were juggling a lot. Being a, a teacher and responsible for so many young minds and so many young just beings that look up to you and that you're responsible for and then working in that system and in the environment of public schools and dealing with the bureaucracy of all of that plus coming home and being a mom to three young children and showing up as a supportive wife to a husband, I imagine that takes a big toll on you. So I would love to hear what took place for you when you decided to change your mind. What was the shift for you? And then how did that shift impact you? And what steps did you take towards changing your path? I think that this opportunity presented itself to become a certified yoga instructor. And that is something that was always on like my 
dream board or list of goals, um, but it had took a backseat when I had all of my kids. So I finally said yes to myself. An opportunity presented itself. It was for an educator certification program, so it incorporated that social-emotional learning aspect plus, plus the yoga certifications. It was, so I finally said yes to myself. I said yes to the opportunity, despite the fact that it costed more than my husband wanted to, despite the fact that I didn't even have anyone to watch my kids, despite all of these things that were like, quote unquote, roadblocks, I said yes, and I'm like, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And that was one of the most eye-opening things. I hear so many people that go through their yoga teacher training and it's like the most enlightening thing of their life because it really forces you to dive deep into your inner self and exploring your subconscious. Like one of the most eye-opening things for me was that how your subconscious belief is developed, you know, from birth until around eight years old. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ruining my kids. Like that was like the first mind, the first thing that came to mind. But then I started to think about, well, what happened to me when I was, you know, four, five, six? Like, what happened to me? What's underlying in my subconscious beliefs? Um, and it was really a turning point that I went on this journey to fully understand myself and heal myself um, to show up as that mom, wife, and teacher that I knew deep down that I was. So the shift for you was an opportunity to take part in a training where you would be offering education and yoga certification at the same time. What was the training? It was the it was the 200 hour yoga teacher training. It just had the SEL component, the social emotional learning component, and it was specifically for educators. Like it was only offered to teachers at the time. I don't know if it still is, but yeah. That's an awesome program. So you were taught not just your yoga teacher certification in the typical format, but also that added layer. Oh, yes. So the, I, it was the twofold. So it was like I was getting not only experience and knowledge on how to help, you know, these traumatized kids within my classroom, but also I feel like it even helped me develop as a parent and having that understanding mm -hmm. of the healing and the subconscious and um, all the elements that go into that. So I think, yes, I gained a lot of knowledge in that specific training, but it also was like the empowerment of saying yes to something. Yeah. So, you know, just being saying yes to something for me for once was like huge, huge. Yeah, I can see how that would be a major shift. And so the overwhelm, everything was just at a tipping point and this yoga program, this yoga certification kind of came into your sphere of influence at the time when you were finally able to commit to yourself. You enrolled in the class, you became a certified yoga teacher, then what? And so then I brought it to the school. I really locked arms with my principal and I was like, this is what I want to do and run with. And she completely supported it 100%. And it was such a perfect timing because at the same time, our district that I worked in in Florida was also starting to develop their social emotional learning standards, you know, something that's not so nationwide that should be. And so I really got to work with the district team at the district level to try to develop to develop standards that would be used across um, our whole entire school district as to where kids should be on the social emotional learning level and then taking that back to my school and then, you know, teaching teachers how we can utilize this not only to our benefit, but the students as well. 
That's incredible. And the impact that you had on the school was, I'm sure, paramount. Tell me about the impact that had on you. Um, so, you know, lifting others lifts me. So just being in that space of watching kids. I, I had this after-school yoga pr- program for middle schoolers. And eventually towards the end, them teaching each other, like, breathing. And, like, they were, you know basically instructing each other to go through like mini yoga series like I was literally in tears like this is what I love to do so amazing so amazing yeah so by watching them be able to emotionally and socially just thrive like it was it's an experience in itself is being able to watch that in younger minds very cool so how did this experience of the yoga teacher cert- teacher certification, it bringing that social emotional learning into the schools, creating the after school programs and everything develop into how you are currently practicing these approaches in what you do today? Once we move, when, well, I actually manifested us moving to North Carolina, but we can save that for a different episode. Once I manifested our move to North Carolina, um, I had always just wanted to take a break from teaching, really focus on my own children. And um, once we moved to North Carolina, I was really able to do that. Um, But I missed it. Like I missed connecting with others. I missed being able to teach and to learn and to grow. So I started developing like my own courses, basically, like I came up with this um, 12 day to enlightenment journey. And I have my like own Facebook group, and I'm still just always connecting with women and um, hoping to get back into the school system and continue my mission and vision for that. Okay, so let's say I am currently in a state of extreme overwhelm and I'm struggling and I just can't get myself out of this funk that I'm in. I'm completely strapped. I don't want to, I don't know, I just don't know how to pull myself out. What would you, how would we work together? Um, first, I would, if I had a life motto or quote that I lived by, it would be that change your mind, change your life, almost like that one that's like, believe you can or believe you can't, either way, you're right. Um, I think that mindset shift is huge, and I'm not trying to say that it's easy because it's not, but it's, with work, it's completely possible. I don't know if you've read the book by Viktor Frankl, and he was a man in a concentration camp, and he found a way to find joy even within a constant being enslaved in a concentration camp. So what the moral of his story is and what I fully stand behind is that if you can find a way to shift your mindset, shift your lens and look through those rose colored glasses, it will change the way you look at your life. So in a practical sense, and I love that, I love the idea that if you just shift your mindset, everything looks different. If you take off the dirty scratched up glasses and you put on the nice clean glasses, you're going to be able to see things so much more clearly. And sometimes that just does require a mindset shift. So you guide people towards that shift. What does that look like? And how, how does that become like a practical system? How do I do that? So 
the process, although the same, is also unique to each person. Because we all have different underlying subconscious beliefs. We all have these different limiting beliefs. So it would take each one, listen to her openly and honestly and taking her beliefs and just seeing where they're stemming from, where where they're rooting from, what is her personal belief system about herself and really just starting to dive into that belief system that I think will find the answers on how to flip it around. So really getting into some of those core foundational things on how we're wired and then working towards developing a system and shifting that together. Yes. And sometimes we're not even aware that they're there. That's what I love about having like a friend like you, you know, like sometimes I don't see it and I can call you and you're like, well, it's this. I'm like, oh yeah, the shit, you know? Um, And I love how we can do that for each other. So yeah, that's where I would start is diving into the core belief system. Um, after that, I would say starting to develop different routines and habits in your life and self-care and how deep do we want to dive in there? (laughs) And saying yes to the thing. And saying yes to the thing (laughs) and yourself. That's right. Adding value into your life and ways to fill your own cup and those habits and those routines that create space to see past the overwhelm and step into a sense of freedom and empowerment. And how do we bring that mind-body connection together? What are some things that you identify there as being powerful tools? So I love talking about learning about the mind-body-soul connection. Like it's just such a thing that I could light up about and talk about all day because it has so mind-blowing to me how interconnected everything is. And I feel like if you could just hone down on one of those pieces, then they all start to kind of fall into place. So one, I think, is like listening to your body. It's like the biggest, probably the biggest one because there's so much that it's trying to tell us, like whether it's like a stomach ache or a headache or, you know, it's not just that you didn't drink enough water or maybe that you ate, like there's like some underlying reason for the knee pain or the wrist pain. And, um, you know, my mom passed away from cancer and I would definitely even say that that falls into that category of of um, something happening within your body and just like taking the time to honor and listen to what is going on and that we're perfectly capable of healing different parts of ourselves. So connecting the mind to the body in everyday habits and routines can help identify those pain point areas that then you can ultimately work towards uncovering root causes and healing it. Yes. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. I really truly believe that our pain commun- is a way of our body communicating with us. Since our language is kind of only one direction, we can only really speak outward. Our inward body communicates to us through pain or through emotion or through feeling. And if we continue going through the pace of life on autopilot, it's really easy to disconnect from ourselves. And I think that's probably where overwhelm comes from, is the disconnection of self. And when you can shift your mindset and start to connect your mind to your body and develop self-care routines and habits to bring yourself back to you, then it releases some of the pressure. It's almost like you're living in a pressure cooker. And until you release that valve at the top of the pressure cooker, it just continues to bottle up, bottle up. So the body communicating... It sounds like your body communicated to you through that overwhelming sense of feeling like 
you were drowning and you couldn't get out of it. And if you hadn't tapped into your mind body connection, you might've gotten to a tipping point that was, didn't have as desirable of an outcome. Maybe that could have manifested in a lot of different ways. And you chose to turn your life into yoga and mindfulness practices. And then what's really cool about your story is that then you were able to gift it out to others, which also brought you joy and happiness. And it's continued this ripple effect in your life where you've been able to not only be an example to your friends and your family, but to your little humans that you're raising and your kids, and they're able to benefit from this shift in your mindset too. And I'm not saying that it's that we should quit our jobs and be stay at home moms and mindfulness <laughs> teachers and that that's right for everybody's path. I think it was right for your path. But for anyone out there who is feeling the sense of overwhelm and complete and utter confusion about how they're supposed to juggle everything, I think the key here is that pour love onto yourself. Take a minute to listen to what your body's telling you. Take a minute to evaluate where you are with your life and determine what it is that you desire and want. And then kind of reverse engineer how to make that happen. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to reach out to somebody like Chelsea or me or any other coach or mentor who you meet out in the world or that resonates with you. There's millions of them. And find a way out. There's always a way out of the overwhelm. So I think this, this conversation could go so many different directions and we could easily dive into how trauma is stored in the body and what our pain tells us and work through unpacking some of that, but I don't have three hours today and we can save that for a future episode. So for now, I would love to know a little bit more about how you help others make that shift through what you offer to your community. And then we can talk about where people can find you. So we talked briefly about your offering through coursework. And I know that you had the 12 days to enlightenment program. Are you working currently on any other projects or are you planning on reaching, reaching us in any other way? Oh yes. I have, I have lots of things in the work. I want to do all the things. I have actually been working on this course for over a year now that I'm so excited. I don't know when this episode is going to release, but, um, it's coming out next month and I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited to continue working with the school system and with teachers and getting myself in however I can with education. So if we could leave today with one piece of advice from Chelsea, what would that be? With one piece of advice would probably be you're not alone. And so many times in my journey, I have felt so alone in my feelings of guilt and overwhelm and that I am the only person in the world probably experiencing these thoughts or feelings um, when it turns out I'm not, not alone at all. And that the more and more women that I connect with and moms that I connect with and even in working in the schools and talking to various parents and students like you're not alone. We are not alone. We're all ha are experiencing different things and you're definitely not alone. That would be my big piece of advice and that you're worth it and to keep going and you'll get there. So we're not alone. We're worth it and keep going. Yes. Follow believe, your path. Believe in yourself and follow your path. My final question for you today is what is it that makes you uncommon? <laughs> I love that you asked this question. Um, I would say that what makes me uncommon, but also kind of common, is probably like my risk taking. 
And I don't think that it's uncommon that people take risks, but I also don't believe people take them as much as they should. So anytime I've taken a huge risk in my life, whether it's like moving to Florida or deciding to hire a coach or jumping into this program or doing that or shifting my career or moving to another state, um, I've never regretted it. I've never regret those huge, big risk-taking moments that I've had. So I think that is one thing that makes me and also probably my marriage. Like I feel like I have such an amazing connection with my husband and all of the, or not all of, but a lot of the women and moms that I talk to. It's such a hard season to nurture that loving relationship when there's kids, when there's work, when there's this. Um, and I just think that that is kind of uncommon how my marriage is almost like we're like giddy teenagers all the time. That's so cute. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I really appreciate you allowing this space to be one where you chose to share more about your journey. It's not always easy digging into some personal things, um, especially if it has to do with grief and loss and hurt and pain. So thank you for like just being here and sharing that part of your life with, with me and being a light to the community that surrounds you. You've reached me in a lot of positive ways. You've been part of what has even encouraged me to launch this particular podcast. And I think without your role in my life, I would not be where I am. So oh, I don't think I deserve that much credit, but yes, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. And I love listening to your podcast and I'm forever your fan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that next course launch. And of course, if it, has a date it'll be in the show notes here and where can people find you um you can find me on facebook i also have an instagram um should i say it or you leave it in the i can put it in the show notes for everyone okay. so she's on facebook and instagram and i have a website that's chelseytaylorwellness.com perfect thanks for being here <laughs>